formerly 33rd and Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. 12 degenerates from Oak Lawn compete to be the champion. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? Live in the Fantasy Lounge, as always, Mikey Mack on the mic. To my right, the commish, Randy Hanson. And Randy, it almost doesn't even seem like the football season is upon us, but it is. How are we feeling? You know, it's good to be back. We took a little quarantine from uh, the Fantasy Lounge, you could say. It's good to be back. You know, we're standing six feet away from each other. We got our masks on, and we're ready to take on the Fantasy Lounge. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked at the draft. How many people were uh, giving us feedback and some hostile feedback, but feedback nonetheless about the lack of the lounge. And so I was surprised that that many people were listening. It was good to have some input from our members saying that they needed the fantasy lounge, get some pumped up for the season. We were kind of slacking with, we had the the quarantine uh, depression, the quarantine flu, you could say that we did like, Hey, we didn't want to give it out to the people, but you know what? Got to give the people what they want. Even though we have probably 15 listeners, probably 14 downloads, doesn't matter. The people want it, we got to give it to them, Mike. People were clamoring. People, were, I got to admit, people were clamoring. And a lot of the buzz, too, after our draft was uh, the performance by the one, the only, the commish. This is a direct quote from Randy through text. This is the most, and I quote, this is the most prepared I've been for any draft in my life. But yet, when the grades came out from Yahoo!, the worst rated draft in our league, Randy. How do you explain it? Um, yeah, I got a D in the overall grading system. Well, take it back. I went back to last year. I looked what my grade was. I got an A minus. I was first in the league. I thought I was gonna I was gonna rake. Um, wound up taking eleventh. So I'm like, hey, a D. Maybe this year a little 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 backdoor action. I like being at the bottom. Count us out early, and we can make a run for this thing. Yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever you could tell yourself to make you feel better. Also, there was two, there was two things going on here. Um, I did, I did, I, I felt like my first four rounds were good. Then I felt victim to uh, the teats, Mike McCarthy's heavy hand um, with the Tito's. C- kind of got me looking a little glazy eyed going into the fifth round. I thought my first four four round picks were solid, and then the fifth from the fifth on, it was uh, it's kind of much like my life a blur. Yeah, it went a little off the railings, uh, the rails. Um, once I saw those glazed eyes, uh, I kind of knew that it was over for you. It was all downhill, and I didn't expect it to be that early. So I saw, I saw you sitting at your own table, kind of looking a little mush. I'm like, oh, this guy's out of it. And so uh, it's going to be a good day in terms of his uh, draft being pretty terrible for me. Oh, for you? Is that where you take advantage? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I take advantage. That's where you take advantage. A direct quote from Mike Trotter, 2020, cancel culture. He waits till someone gets the, the jury drunk eyes, and that's when he knows he's going to take advantage. From a fantasy standpoint. Oh, from a fantasy. Okay. Yeah. All in all, though, I thought it was a pretty successful weekend. You hosted the Hometown League auction, which was pretty cool. You also had your own auction on Monday, which you didn't expect. Oh, that's the that's a quintessential oh, Rye 40, Mr. Altenberg special um, hey, I told him we do an auction league on Monday following our draft, 
after everyone's pretty hungover, wake up early, get this auction draft in. I just want to show up, draft my team, and be done with it. Oh, no, no, no. Ryan calls. Can't make it. You're going to have to be the commission of another league and run everything yourself. Just fantastic. Just what I wanted to do <laughs> on a Monday after uh, bottles of Tito's in. It was after like a three-day bender. Oh, a three-day bender. Off the rails. I'm on vacation, so we'll, we'll let it live. We'll, we'll, uh, Ryan's got to make it up to me, but we'll, we'll, let, it, we'll let it take place. We'll let yeah. it happen. Yeah. Well, uh, at least we're back, and that's good. And you know what else is back? Paying running backs. Um, some break, eh, not even breaking news, but some news. Uh, this earlier this morning, two running backs, two prominent running backs, got paid. Alan Kamara gets an extension, and so does Delvin Cook, both for five years. It's nice to see the running backs getting that recognition. A hundred percent. This is going away from years past where. They haven't been the 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 quintessential model as a GM was you can get running backs at anywhere like you're not seeing money running backs get drafted in the first round aka Leonard Fournette and it kills your franchise stuff like that. Um, Edwards Hilaire was at the back was he the, he was a thirty second pick yeah, so he was the first round but he was the first running back to go. But it's good to see running backs like Kamara, uh, CMC, Cook, um, Kareem Hunt just got a payday as well. Mixon just got a payday. As well as Gurley did the year before, but like I said, even though you're getting paid as at the running back position, you still have to perform. And when a team doesn't live up to the hype, these players will get cut. Like we saw Gurley last year, these monies, some of the money's guaranteed, but teams are willing to eat that money since these huge contracts. If the if the team's going to automatically do a rebuild fashion, yeah, absolutely. Um... The numbers on Kamara, five years, $77 million with 15 to sign. And then Cook got five years, 62 28 guaranteed. So definitely a nice payday for those two. Because it looked like about five years ago that people were, you know, didn't want to pay running backs anymore. Uh, people were making the argument that you really don't – it isn't you really don't need a special talent at the running back position. And uh, obviously these types of running backs are just, you know – and Derrick Henry too got paid um, – these type, types of running backs, they're very valued, and I'm just glad that they get paid because their life expense, expectancy in the NFL, their career, is not very long. So it's good to see them make that money because they deserve it. Um, now, I'm sure everybody was watching week one, the first game of the year, Chiefs-Texans, and we're just going to go just a couple minutes. What were your overall impressions of that first game back from COVID? Um, it felt like it, nothing's better in football's back. Even though, whatever, 6,000 fans were there, I don't care if there's no fans. Um, it's just good to have football back altogether. The Chiefs are legit. The, the Chiefs, we were talking before, prior to when we were making up this uh, this lounge, Chiefs could go 16-0. Barring some major catastrophic injury to their players, as long as Mahomes is healthy. I, I just I would just say Mahomes. As long as Mahomes is healthy, even though let's say Kelsey gets banged up or Trey Kill gets banged up, if long as Mahomes is healthy, that team is in every game, and they're the quintessential favorites. Yeah, and to you know, that defense is is good enough to you know keep them around in games, and then you just can't stop Mahomes. My biggest takeaway is when I almost dropped dead from hearing this. Bill O'Brien's offensive coordinator is a former defensive lineman. How does that even? How does that even happen in today's NFL? We could go back and look to last year when they played in the playoffs and they had that tremendous, huge lead against the Chiefs. And watching a head coach have a meltdown at the coaching position to blow that game 
and then to go out and you would think he would be on the hot seat to even be the head coach going into next season? Oh, no. The Texans make him the GM. And then he, he trades away. We had it on the March 13th or whatever podcast, breaking news. Yeah. He trades away Hopkins for uh, David Johnson. And we're like, this is the first move as general manager. Like, Bill O'Brien's an asshat. And I, we don't want to spend that much time on him because in the AFC South, looking at my rankings, I had the Texans as the third best team in the AFC South, only ahead of the Jags, which is not saying much at all. But... It's good to see for for your team, you could say David Johnson getting getting some even though eleven carries getting some good tick, and you know he's gonna force feed David Johnson, especially now that Duke Johnson went out with an ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, so he's got to he's got to feed so he's got to make make it worth that trade to show everyone else to save face. Yeah, I think too. My biggest takeaways from a fantasy perspective is that I don't know. I mean, Will Fuller looked great, hundred percent. I don't know who else you could start as a receiver on that team in the Texans. Um, David Johnson. It's apparent that if he's healthy, that he's going to be a top eight fantasy football. He did look. Uh, he did back. look good. He looked like old um, David Johnson. Clyde, Clyde young Edward, David Johnson. Clyde Edwards. Clyde, can I call him Clyde Glad? Clyde Glad. Is that too early? Not, he got not yet. I did not expect him to get twenty five carries for one hundred forty yards yeah, right out of the nice. gate. But you gotta love to see it. Um, if he gets in to the passing game at all, if he gets uh, acclimated with the passing game, he could be a top five to. Top four yeah. running back in the league. Yeah, and then I, I think it was, I mean, you see Sammy Watkins kind of go off. And the thing with Watkins, you know, one week he looks great, and then another week he's not really a part of the game. And that's Hardman next week Hardman or something. Or, yeah, Pringle or, you know, whoever. So it was, it was interesting to see Watkins get that early love. Kelsey did his thing. And so <clears throat> from a fantasy perspective, uh, you kind of, what you expected, uh, I was just glad to see David Johnson uh, look that good for me personally. I was glad to see football back, and the visor by Andy Reid is legendary. Just pure, pure fogged up. I don't even think he saw any of the players, but it was fantastic. It's like if someone tweeted out, can we get him a squeegee or something? Yeah. Like, get the guy a squeegee. Clean that off. He should have his own personal cleaner to wipe that down because that was super foggy. Yeah. Looked like the fog. Dude, well, he was breathing, he's breathing heavy. Yeah. He's breathing heavy out there. Um, what's Another interesting storyline is – the amount of injuries that are taking place uh, that are kind of just popped up in the past couple of days, and specifically a lot of the receivers. Um, so, in general, general, I mean, Randy, you think this is going to be something that is going to be throughout this year, where it's just kind of unpredictable who's going to be healthy and who's going to be uh, injured? Like, we can go through it, like, right away. You got, like, Sutton, Mike Williams... Mike Evans, Galladay, Galladay, breaking news, Matt Channel. Yeah, yeah let's just – can we give Matt, Matt Channel a, a little bit of uh... – a little bit of notoriety for that one. He texts us. This guy texts us on some random stuff, but he, he has some inside information about a possible Galladay incident in Chicago the, the night prior. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, no news about it, all of a sudden Galladay pops up with a hamstring issue. And they say, they said, came up out of nowhere, held out of practice. Popped up out of nowhere. That's what the exact quote was. Popped out of nowhere, held out of practice. And then the next day they say a hamstring issue. Not even hamstring injury, a hamstring issue. They held him out of practice. Um, now he's doubtful. Now he's doubtful. And like I said, uh, you know what? I went out after Channel tweeted that. I reached out to my sources to verify. Um, did get some input to verify that. All I got to say, we're not going to throw trash on the kid, a Southside kid from San Rito of uh, Chicago. All I got to say is you could take the, the kid out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the kid. Um, interesting, interesting. I just, I'm a big we'll, Kenny Gallagher guy. We'll, we'll wait to see. We'll wait to see. I we also got Parker um, popped up. Popped yeah. up. Debo has been hurt before. 
Um, and then also the the rookie Brandon Ayuk, which they drafted in the first round, is questionable as well. So so we'll see if Gallagher wants to hold on to uh, to Galladay or try to make a move because we've all been there before. I don't know if we all been. I have with Kareem Hunt and some when there's what do they say we're smoke there's fire there's smoke, there's and fire. there's there's a little smoke. It's getting a little smoky out in out in Detroit over there. And uh, let's see if he holds on and tries to make a move if he wants to have that headache for the entire season. Because that, that offense without Galladay is a completely different offense. So 100%, 100%. But going back, and we're talking about all these injuries going on in, in the first week of training, the, the last week of training camp, and I think throughout September when we're ramping up and these players are actually um, going live and getting hit and they're going full tilt in the football game, I think we're going to have a lot of soft tissue injuries for, I would say, the first three weeks. So that's something to be prepared for, for, for your teams to have their handcuffs, I would say, in, uh, on your roster, as well as monitoring uh, potential guys to pop off if uh, your guy goes down with an injury. Yeah, I think this year more than ever, uh, by week seven, eight, nine, there's going to be team, there's going to be players making huge fantasy contributions on teams that you might not have heard of. And I know it happens a lot every year, but I think more than more than anything this year, you're going to see a bunch of different people that maybe you didn't even know before the season started and make contributions. So I think it's going to be exciting. It's going to be like the Wild Wild West out here. You never know what's going to happen. It's, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Your team is not going to look the same after draft night as it's going to look by week eight. I think it's going to be drastically yeah. di- different on for every member of this league. That's interesting you bring it up. It's not going to be the same, right? You almost wish you had a crystal ball to foresee these things, right? To see what the players in week eight, nine that are going to be killing. So luckily for us, though, in the lounge, we do have a crystal ball. And we got a crystal ball that determines future bets here. So we're going to go ahead and take out that crystal ball. And we got some future bets here. Uh, so you go, you can go ahead and still get these in before the season kicks off on Sunday. We're going to start in Green Bay, Cheese Country. The Packers over-under is nine wins. I know, Commission, you're kind of interested in this one a lot. Um, yeah, over-under nine wins. I'm shaking my eight ball right now. Over under nine wins they got them going, and I'm taking the Packers over at least ten wins this team's getting. I'm saying this team's also going to win the AFC, uh, not the AFC, the NFC North. Um, I think this is Favre's revenge tour. I really do. You mean Rodgers or the ghost of Brett Favre? Oh, uh, the ghost of Brett Favre. I'm yeah. all over the place. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, revenge tour. This is the first time he wasn't ranked in the top ten. Um, he's only been ranked two other times in that in the top ten when uh, Pro Footballs. Um, voted on top 100, and those two times he was MVP. So I think uh, Rodgers, I keep saying Favre, I think Rodgers tears it up a little bit this year. I want him on my fantasy team multiple times, but he kind of got cucked for me. But I think with a healthy, uh, healthy Adams, I think Adams has a huge year as well. I think their defense is, I wouldn't say at the top, but I would say they're a top 15 defense. So they're, they're. I think that I think the team. I think they're better. The Vikings take a step down. Bears. You don't know what's going on with Mitch, and the Lions are the Lions. Fair enough. I mean, you mentioned the Rodgers revenge tour. Uh, since this is, I mean, twenty nineteen was his worst season since twenty fifteen. Completion percentage the worst. Pass attempts the worst. Yardage. Uh, I think barely over four thousand. Having Rodgers last year in fantasy. Um, you know, I, it's hard to say that you're they're starting running back at Vulture Rodgers, but at the same time, there were so many touchdowns that Aaron Jones scored that you figured were going to be a play action boot. Rodgers, just go ahead and find somebody. So I, I really do think Rodgers has a, a better year fantasy wise, and I just think that they own the Bears personally. 
Um, you don't trust Kirk Cousins, and then the Lions are the Lions. So I, if there was a, a, a bet to make over under nine wins, I think they probably could easily go 5-1 and one in that division. Uh, I think that's a pretty safe bet to make, and then I like them winning the division as well. And also to throw another log on the fire, taking wasting a first round draft pick on a quarterback that stinks. And I guess he's not even close, like just completely lost out there in drills. Jordan and, Love, yeah, Jordan, a hundred percent, and just to piss off Rogers more, like that's the worst. You don't want to go against a pissed off Rogers. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd be shocked if in two years he's still in Green Bay. To be honest with you, but that's a whole different topic for a different day. Now we're gonna mosey on down to Gallagher Country. Uh, we're gonna talk NFC South, and there's two different teams with some interesting um, odds for the division title down there in the NFC South. You like the Saints a lot, there, Randy. Um, right now, the Saints to win the division is minus one seventy five. I do like the Saints. I think the Saints have been glossed over and looked past a ton, especially with the Bucks acquisition of Brady Gronk. You still have Godwin Evans. Um, you bring in Fournette as well, and their their front seven for against the run is, was at the top of the NFL last year. So a lot of people are pumping up the Bucks is is that. That team to beat. They uh, were like just a, top seven. They were the best rush defense in the league. 100%. Um, but they're pumping them up like Super Bowl favorites all of a sudden when realistically, in my eyes, looking at the Saints the last two seasons, were two plays away from being the Super Bowl two years in a row. And I think this is the last go, go around, you could say, for Breeze. And especially with now you got Alvin Kamara's happy, paid, and healthy because last year he played the, the – the rest of the season with a with a torn MCL with a partially torn MCL, I think the Saints, realistically, offensively, they add Emmanuel Sanders. I think that was a huge pickup. I mean, he's a veteran. He's but he's still a reliable wide receiver to have across from Michael Thomas. It's way better than Ted Ginn that yeah, they had years before. Um, their defense is is good pretty, enough. Yeah, good enough. Good enough to win and playing in the dome. I, I think. I, th- I think the Saints are team to beat. Also, uh, a little for uh, betting wise, I think a sneaky little bet to win the division just just based on the odds alone, it, plus eight hundred is the Falcons. Um, the Falcons with Matt Ryan, if Matt Ryan can get to back to that MVP uh, format that he was when they went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots, I think that's a sneaky team with the acquisition of Hayden Hurst. And you have Ridley coming into his own as being a quintessential, maybe top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. And you know what you're getting out of Julio and adding in Gurley as well. Yeah, finally. I mean, I was waiting for my turn to talk. Jeez Louise. Uh, sorry, oh, I got, my I, God. I got a tangent. I got yeah, a tangent. Yeah, okay. So my, my case for Atlanta, I kind of like Atlanta plus 800. Uh, last year, Atlanta lost four games by eight points or less. So basically four games by a score or less. Um People want to talk about how Todd Gurley's washed up, and I get the injuries, and I get the knee issues and the concerns, but the man's still only 25 years old, 26 years old. Last year, he was a top top 15 fantasy running back, and that's with, like, from 2018 to 2019, his targets got cut in half, and then also his rush attempts, uh, uh, he had 40 less rush attempts, so the guy still has some talent. He's going back to Georgia's home state where he played college football. I think he's got a lot of motivation, and I think that offense could feature him in a way where he could look very dynamic again. So I think that offense, like you mentioned, uh, with Hurst and Ridley and Julio, I think that offense is, without a doubt, on par with the rest of the offenses in the division, in the league, in the NFL. Um, so I'm, I, I, 
for my money, you know, you know how I'm always looking for a bargain. You put twenty five on Atlanta to win the division, walk away with two hundred. That's not too bad of a day. Yeah, not too shabby. Can we just touch on? I know the Bucks are hot topic, hot button topic. Yeah. Um, who who's gonna be that guy in the slot that eats up those catches for Brady? Who's gonna be his his Julian Edelman? Yeah, I mean it's Chris Godwin. It's you Chris think Godwin. so? Yeah, yeah, it's Godwin. They like that Scotty Miller. Like, let's not forget like the tight end situation there too. Like, you it could be a, it could be a situation where they run out OJ Howard and Gronk at the same time, and those guys and Cameron Brait and Cameron. I mean, and those guys are those guys are handling like what's going on over the middle. I'm interested to see Brady. I think that's obviously everybody wants to see him. I want to see how quick he gets rid of the ball. You could make the argument that last year in New England that that was the worst team that he has, the worst offensive personnel that he's ever played with. Um, well, you could make the argument that this year this is the best offensive personnel that he's ever played with in terms of the receiving core, in terms of the running backs. So I, I mean, I'm interested to see what he looks like. If it's like Peyton Manning circa 2016 where he's just throwing ducks, then they got a problem. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Brady's going to look really good, and I think that offense, Mike Evans, is going to. Not go for as many yards, but more catches. Godwin's going to be Julian Edelman 2.0. And then I think Gronk, O.J. Howard, uh, Cameron Braid are going to be, you know, some of the top 10 ends in the league. So And then and then you add in Leonard Fournette. Fournette, which, like, McCoy, last year, too. And they uh, drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette last year playing for Jags had, what, 70-something catches, 80 catches? Yeah, and this 70 catches, ran for over 1,000 yards. So, yeah. again, this guy's not washed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He and good. he's looking for a contract, too. And he's looking for a contract. So I think that's a very interesting division. Uh, it's it's going to be a dogfight, that whole division. So, I mean, even Carolina, too. Uh, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater brings in some stability there. Their defense is pretty good. I don't know. That's a good division. Uh, might be one of the best in football. Um, speaking, not speaking of the best divisions in football, uh, maybe you can make the argument that it's been a really good division, but maybe it's dropped off a little bit. We're going to, we're going to switch gears and go to the AFC and we're going to talk AFC North and the Cleveland Browns right now over under is eight wins. And I have my own take. Randy has his own. I'm going to let Randy go first here. Um, Browns over under eight wins is, that is the Browns. Their, their best bet is a 500 football team. I'm sick of hearing about the Browns. They have weapons everywhere, which which you would think they would be at the top of the NFL in offensive production, which Baker Mayfield, if you listen to every uh, scout analyst, fantasy-wise, and just football analyst, Baker stinks. The mere fact that Baker came into last year and he openly said that he was overweight and not in, in football shape, in year two, year two of, of his career, like how, is, how, how do you even say that? How are you not ready? You're you're one year away from so yeah. So he's got a contract year coming up next year. Two years and no, they can they can add him in year four. Yeah, yeah. So he's like one year away from being Johnny Manziel. I would say being uh, Josh Rosen. Oh, well, Josh Rosen <laughs> had three teams in three different, in three years. I mean, I want to talk a little bit about Baker because I just don't think he's good. Um, what's interesting, you, I mean, you talk about the weapons, and even last year, the weapons galore. They had the 22nd-ranked offense in terms of yards per game, which is just not good, and that's with Nick Chubb being the second-best uh, running back in the league in terms of yards per game. Um, Baker Mayfield's completion percentage actually went down from 2018 to 2019, and that's coming off you add Odell Beckham. How does that happen? I don't know. Um, the whole Odell thing is, I think – a catastrophe, and I think it's going to end terribly because now you bring in Austin Hooper, 
uh, to add to that mix. And Odell just is not going to get as many targets, is not going to get as many catches, and he's not going to be happy. Put in perspective, people want to complain about Eli Manning and how bad he was. Last year, Odell Beckham caught 55% of his targets that Baker Mayfield threw to him. That, by far and away, is the lowest average in his career. Not even close. The lowest Eli, what he had with Eli was 59%. And so just put that in perspective how bad we thought Eli was, Baker's worse. And so you have all these weapons. You don't have a quarterback that could get all these people, all these individuals the ball that they need. I just think it's a disaster, and I think that team, which already last year's defense was the you know eleventh uh, worst uh, defense yards per game last year. I just don't think they're very good. I would hammer the under. Um, you would hammer it. Like, yeah. What, what do you think they're gonna win? Seven games? I think the, I I could see them going six and ten. Okay, agreeable. I just I don't see them getting over eight. I I don't see. I'd say eight is the max. You're, you're, if you're betting it, the most you're going to get is a push. So I think the under would be it. I don't see him getting a nine. Okay. Fair enough. Um, now, we're going to transfer. We're going to transfer. We're going to sh- transfer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah sure. Whatever. Mix it up. Yeah, we're going to mix it up. We're going to go to the, the AFC South here. And the reason why we're going to go, because it's a coin flip right now. Titans-Colts to win the division. Colts are minus 120. Titans are plus 110. Take out the crystal ball, Randy. Who do you like in that division? Ooh. Um, for, for me, we talked about a little bit prior in our opening remarks. Um, I think this division comes down to Titans and Colts. Right now, the Colts are minus 120 to win the division. Titans are plus 110. Um, I like the Titans to win this division. Um, I think, I thought last year was the best, like, you're ever going to see a Ryan Tannehill. I, I don't know if he could, could do that again, you, you would say. But having Derrick Henry there, A.J. Brown is a stud. Looks like Des Bryant, but bigger. Ball on AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, their defense is is solid. My main thing with the Colts is even though the Colts' offensive line is is fantastic, in my eyes, I think it's one of the best in football. I just don't believe in Philip Rivers. I had Philip Rivers on my roster last year. Watching Philip Rivers throw the ball, I I, I think I think he's done. Here's the thing. I think um, people want to talk a lot about Frank Reich. And I think he's legit. And so I'm interested to see what he does like with that offense. Um, and again, you, you want to rip on or you want to rip on Rivers. He threw for over 4,600 yards last year. So how many picks? Uh, twenty. You twenty three touchdowns, twenty picks. I'm not. Uh, but my point is, I think Reich dials him down a little bit. They're going to establish the run. They have they have horses in the backfield. I think it's going to be a little more balanced than he was used to in playing in uh in the Chargers system. I mean, I I like the Titans just because I'm a believer in Mike Variable, but like I'm not I'm not I'm not sold on the fact that Rivers is done. I think he'd still be productive. Now I am a little concerned about T. Y. Hilton's health. I am a little concerned about you know what are you going to get from Michael Pittman. I am a little concerned about like Paris Campbell and stuff like that. But I I I think that 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 team's good. I still like the Titans though at plus one ten to win that division. Um, my main thing when you compare. Uh, Andrew Luck, that's a, Andrew Luck coming off injuries when he played his first 2018? year. Yeah, 2018. And he couldn't throw the ball as well as he did in his career with his shoulder injury. But at least he can move. Philip Rivers cannot move outside of the pocket. No. So he's a statue. So that's my main concern with Indy. If there's any type of pressure on the quarterback, he's the guy's getting sacked or throwing a pick. Yeah, and just for reference, uh, the Chargers last year gave up 34 sacks. The Colts gave up 32. And so it's pretty similar in terms of pass pass protection, or at least it was last year. Okay. 
So, crystal ball time? Uh, hopefully you go make some bets and, and you win some money here, lounge listeners. Now, we're going to go to everybody's, everybody's not, not, I want to say favorite segment because everybody's favorite segments are my segments. But um, we're going to go to something, a segment that everybody loves to hear, wants to hear. And that's the mortgage payment. It's taking the world by storm. I noticed a, a Twitter account, the Bagel Twitter account. That's doing a lot of doing a lot of bets. That's coming on Twitter. Yeah, he's sliding my DMs asking prior to see. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? what, what am I feeling? Um, but we got the mortgage payment. Uh, uh, one last future bet for the season that I'm all in on. Put put all the units on is Jags over under five and a half wins. I don't see the Jags winning six games whatsoever. I think it's the worst team in football. I think it's a dumpster fire down there in Jacksonville. Pretty much sums up because Gallagher is going to be moving down there. So it's like. The perfect combination of two dumpster fires, you know what I mean? Um, but I would bet that the Jags under hammer it under five and a half wins this year. But to the mortgage payment. Let's start out. We're going to start out. This is all week one bets here. All folks. week one. All week one. We're going to start out in Buffalo. You know, one of my favorite places to visit. The Bills at home giving six and a half to the Jets. I liked hammer the Bills. And I liked the over under at 39 and a half. And I like hammering the over. I like Bills and the over. You want if you want to parlay it, you could do it, but I'm saying bet them. Uh, and, and this is where we disagree right off the bat here. I like the under a lot, and here's why. Last year in 2019, uh, the two games that the Bills and the Jets played, one game was 17 to 16, one game was 13 to six. So low scoring games. I know the Jets lose Jamal Adams and stuff like that, but the Bills last year top three defense, and the Jets were uh, tops, the seventh best defense in the league. I kind of like the under there, uh, just because first week I think the offenses are going to be a little spotty with young quarterbacks. I, I I personally take the under, but I like the Bills at six and a half. Um, a little caveat to that is it's supposed to be seventy five and sunny in Buffalo, and when they played last year during those games, they had the wind bowl the one game where it was t- torrential downpour and winds of like twenty five to thirty miles an hour. So that's why and Sam Darnold didn't play because he had mono. He was making out with girls. Sam Darnold so might have created the COVID. Yeah, and he's seeing ghosts out here. Like, and he's yeah. seeing ghosts. Yeah. Um. um okay. Fair enough. Uh, take. I, I don't bet, so I just like to. Um, yeah, you just like to give your I just two like cents. To talk. I like to talk about betting. Um. Another bet I have is Ravens. Uh, at home versus the Browns. Ravens given seven and a half. I think this. I think the Ravens smoked the Browns last year when they opened up. Ravens Browns Browns beat the Ravens, but I think this is a little revenge game, and this is. Uh, I, I just think you're coming out and you're not going full speed in, in practice and you see Lamar Jackson running in the backfield. This is the first thing you see as a defense against the Browns. I think Lamar Jackson, huge game. I think he goes off. Mark Andrews, huge game. I think they pop off. And you can even get some Hollywood Brown in there as well. But I think they pop off. I think I'm, more, I'm a little worried I'm playing Hollywood Brown. And I, think, I think the Ravens pop. I think I'm this is worried. one of those games that Lamar Jackson wins you a week. And he puts out fabulous fantasy numbers, and I think the the their defense is pretty stout, and they're gonna give um, Baker some problems. Fair enough. Can we see like Odell like punching, punching uh, air, punching air, punching uh, the kicking tees or whatever the kicking nets and stuff like that, like mid game. So that that's what I'm saying as well. Moving forward, I like Eagles at uh, at the Washington Football Team. I was about to call them the R words. Can't do it. Can't, Can't do call it. them the R words. Um, Eagles minus five and a half at Washington. I like the Eagles a lot. I would I would bet the Eagles. I'd, I'd put a unit or two. Yeah, and just a little nugget on Wentz. He plays Washington pretty good last year. Uh, five, about five hundred eighty yards in two games and six tutties, no picks against the 
against the Washington football team last year. So you got to feel good about Wentz uh, going. So I, I, I am a little worried about who are the Eagles going to throw the ball to. Uh, I think it's a big game for Ertz. Um, the, the Eagles. Miles Sanders a little banged up. Miles Sanders banged up. So I think uh, who's the other running back that kind of went off? Gallagher might start him against me. Boston Scott. Boston Scott might have a big day, but I I like the Eagles, um, given five and a half. Fair I think enough. they win by at least a touchdown. Fair Next, moving forward, we got to talk about our hometown team, the Bears. The Bears. Bears at Lions. Bears plus three. Um, Nagy is four and zero lifetime uh, versus the Lions. I think this is a. I know we got no Robert Quinn. Um, Cleo Max banged up on the defensive side of the ball. I do not know who's going to run the ball for us, if Dave Montgomery is going to play or not. Now he's saying that he, he's questionable to play, which is kind of a good sign after watching um, the preseason where you saw him hurt his, uh, hurt his groin and that nasty video that everyone saw on Twitter and online. But that being said, Mitch also plays very well against the Lions. And I think this is a game where this is a must-win for the Bears right off the bat, especially with this hard schedule. In the, in the first two weeks, they need to go 2-0. and I think the Bears get it done, and I would bet the Bears – take the points with plus three with the Bears, and I'd also sprinkle in on the money line to, for them to win overall. A little spring spring? Yeah. Um, I will say this. No Gallaudet. No Gallaudet. Uh, that changes that dynamic of the Lions offense. It kind of pushes me towards the Bears plus three on that one. And uh, Amendola's banged up too, so they have yeah. no Amendola. So it's pretty much Marvin Jones or die. Yeah, and they drafted that that guy. I can't think of his name, but a rookie slot guy that they're kind of high on. Um, okay, so those people should be making some money this week. A hundred percent. And then can we go to fantasy game of the week? Fantasy game, game, game of the week. Sure, that was my segment. I was going to lead into. Right. It. You just took it. That's fine. Go ahead. No, nah. you can lead us nah. up. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my fantasy game of the week. Which, again, when we talk fantasy game, we are talking strictly fantasy potential here, folks. I am all in on the Falcons, Seahawks, Seahawks traveling to Atlanta. Give me all of Julio. Give me all of Ridley. Give me Gurley. Give me Hurst. Give me Russell. Give me Lockett. Give me Metcalf. Give me Carson. Potential huge game for fantasy implications. Last year, Seattle was actually the 26th worst defense yards per game. And then Atlanta was 20th. So they're giving up a ton of yards and when you when you hear giving up yards, you know what that means? That means fantasy gold. It's like cha-ching, cha-ching, just you hear the money. You know exactly. what I mean? You're slim the slots, cha-ching. Everyone's, everyone's cooking, everyone's eating. You yes. know what I mean? Um, the Seahawks are, are minus two and a half at Falcons. I like the Seahawks. And at, over under at 48 and a half, that's my max bet. Bet the over. I think that's, that's going to be a high-flying score. You're going to look be like 28, 25, 20, maybe like 28, 34 kind of game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean that's my. Do you have a fantasy game of the week? Or are you just no, pay, I, you, I you like just, it. I like the Falcons Seahawks. Love it. All right. No, we have to talk solo touchdowns league. I mean, it is a solo touchdown league fantasy lounge. After all, that's how we started. And so we're gonna go with our good old two minute drill where we break down each matchup very quickly. But we're gonna give our predictions here. I'm gonna go ahead and get two minutes on the clock. Who who are we starting with? So I know. Well, it's different on my phone than yours. Yeah. Uh, so let me let me see here. Let me see. Let's go ahead and start with. Let's go start. We'll start with your uh, matchup here, Commish. We got. Well, well, hold on. I got to put the clock on here. We're gonna start with Randy versus Gallagher. The Commish versus Kelsey. You in the ship. And two minute drill starts uh, right now. 
Um, my team stops, stinks. Yeah, you get a four from Cooks. That pretty much kills you. Um, uh, and Kelsey put up a 17. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gallagher's team doesn't really impress me either, but right now anyway. So I'm going to go with Gallagher just because you put up a dud. Um, let's go to uh, McCarthy versus the champ, Dave Steuben. How does he you know, defend his crown here week one? Um, I think McCarthy's going to win this game because you got to love scoring 28 points already from a quarterback. Uh, Buckner put up 10, which is nice. But um, we'll see what he gets out of Crowder and Anderson. I think that's going to be the crucial thing for him. We said Marvin Jones is going to be the featured wide receiver, but Parker is kind of banged up. Um, yeah, I like Moster a lot with McCarthy. I know um, Steuben's lying a lot of them as running backs, Jacobs and Chubb. I like McCarthy this week. Um, even though I like, eh, you know what, I'm going to go projection 138, 134. I'm going to go Steuben on that one. Um, I go McCarthy. Kylie Creator versus Lath here. Um, Simo versus Lath. Uh, they both have the combos. Simo's uh, got Murray and Hopkins. Breeze has, or Lath has Breeze and Thomas. Uh, Kyler with the tough match against San Francisco. I kind of like late this week, but it, I think it could be close. I, I like uh, I like late as well. I like his wide receivers a ton. And like I hate to say, it, I think late might have like on paper one of the best teams in the league. I hate to see it. Yeah. And I also think our next matchup, uh, Lewis versus Waldo. I think Waldo's got one of the best teams on paper as well. Uh, Waldo got a fifteen from uh, Tyreek the Cheetah, but then also sneaky play by Lewis to start Will Fuller with a nineteen. So Will Fuller outscores Tyreek. You hate to see that if you're Waldo. Um, I think Lamar Jackson, Cleveland, Moe's. I'm gonna give me Lewis on this one. Projection one fifty to one thirty. I think right Lewis now. as well. Fair enough. Um, uh, one thing though about Waldo's team, I'm interested to see what Taylor does at the running back position. Uh, and then finally Drake in my cup. Ryan versus Spot Starks King. Uh, Andy gets a twenty five from Watson. Uh, Ryan has Brady, Odell. Oh, we're out of time. But Ryan has Brady, Odell, and Cup. Sanders being questionable concerns me. I like Barkley and Drake. Give me Ryan. I think it's a nail biter. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Ryan just because I don't like the Miles Sanders play. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take Ryan. I don't like the Hawkinson play either. Okay, and then finally, uh, Mikey playoffs, which is me, Mikey Pesto, Mikey Onions, whoever you want to call me against uh Channel. I got D plus. Uh, Channel gets a 13 on Kansas City, which I wasn't happy. I got a 39 combined for my two running backs. What do you like? Um, I think McCaffrey goes off. I just – I don't know how I feel about Deontay Johnson. I'm not starting a kicker yet, by the way. So the projection right now, I'm projected to lose by nine, but I'm not starting a kicker. All right, your, your kicker's going to score nine? I'm just saying. It's, right. The projection's even. It should be even. I like Trotter to win this week. Oh, I hate to hear that kiss of death. I kind of like. I'm not gonna pick, but I like. I like uh, the Ridley, Matt Ryan situation. If Ridley outplays Julio, I'm in trouble. You're not gonna pick your team anyways, ever. Well, so. I'm in trouble if Ridley outplays Julio. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Whew. Uh, good lounge, jam packed lounge. Uh, we're gonna try and get it out. Hopefully, people listen by the time Sunday rolls around. Any last words for the listeners? Oh, we'll be back every week. You know, we're we'll try. Start, we'll start doing a Tuesday, Wednesday one. Yeah, I think Wednesday might be the best, yeah. or Tuesday or Wednesday might be the best, and then maybe we might do a Thursday where we watch the game and stuff. We do oh, a, little, a little live pod, maybe a little live pod, and give you some reactions during the game. Um, other than that, I'm it's, a, it's good to be back. It's it good, is to, be good back. to be back. I, I appreciate you boys, and I look forward to everyone a healthy and fulfilled. Fancy football season. Could have said it better myself. I'm Mikey Mack. That's the commissioner, Randy Hanson. Remember, it's never too late to come relax at the lounge. Take care, y'all. Good night, boys.